The NBA, the transaction season, it's heating up. We're going to do another mock draft today as we get ready for the draft, free agency, and for trades to open back up. Michael Bolton. Let's get to it. To it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are locked on fantasy basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. As I said um, yesterday, we have done with all the draft analysts. That poll portion of the show is over. We had a bunch of guys on. Uh, let's work out how many of them we actually have. One, two, three, four, five... 10 guys on, 11 guys on, it looks like. Yeah, 11 guys on to talk about the NBA draft. So different perspectives on different prospects. We covered a heap of different players over that time period. And now what I'm going to do before we hit the NBA draft is do a couple more mock drafts. And today's one, it's going to be me drafting based on what I expect teams to do. So it's not going to be what I hope they do or what I think they do. It's what I think they should do. It's what I think they will do. Um, and then next week, we're going to have a mock draft where a, a final one where I do what I think they should do. And then I'm going to have another one where we have a bunch of people in the mock draft and we trade back and forward picks. That, not, not trading, but you know, go yeah, have different teams and make selections that way. So it's not just all my thoughts. So that's how the schedule is going to go. There's going to be a mailbag pot in there. And if any trades go down, we're going to have reactions to those uh, as well during the week. Don't forget a couple of things in the description below of the video. Uh, subscribe to the videos and subscribe to the podcast. You'll never miss a show. You see a link to the Discord server. We've got heaps of people in there as well chatting fantasy basketball. So go and join the Discord. Go vote for the podcast for podcast of the year. And also check out the links for the FBI Fantasy Basketball International Leagues. Some great fantasy basketball leagues for you to join there. All those links are below or in the show notes. So let's not waste any more time. Let's talk about my mock draft. This is mock draft 6.0. This is me drafting, trying to predict. And this is, I tend to avoid these mock drafts because A, I don't have sources within the team. So when I'm doing it, I'm getting secondhand information. Oh, I've heard this team does this. Or I've heard this team does this. I've heard this team does this. So it's me trying to piece all that together. People find it useful. I don't find it as useful. But that's what I'm going to do on this one because the people did ask for it. So I'm going to try and predict what teams will do at the NBA draft. And I'll tell you at this point what I think is going to be bad or what I think is going to be good. So let's have a look at the top of the draft. It doesn't predict to change at number one because I've had LaMelo Ball at number one through all of my mock drafts. And it does appear at this point that he will be going number one to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, I obviously like the pick because uh, I've been making it myself for the Wolves all the way through. Uh, it did appear that maybe Anthony Edwards would be in the mix here. The Wolves would probably be better served yeah, if we're talking fit-wise by a guy like Devin Vassell, maybe Denny Avdia, but you don't want to spend number one capital on those guys. So if they could trade down, and everyone wants to trade down, uh, they could get involved there. But Lamelo at number one, yeah, I think that's the, the right choice to me. That's the one, that's the one that makes sense. And that's the one that I reckon when we come to Wednesday, we're going to uh, we're going to hear his name called. Um, let's talk about the next guy. And at number two, it is Blunty. Where are you now? 
James Wiseman, the center from Memphis, heading to the Golden State Warriors is what I predict will happen. I'm not the biggest Wiseman fan. Uh, you know that I think he's got some real issues in terms of defensive switchability. I think the rim protection could be good. He's an unbelievably good athlete. The shot needs to come around. I think there's a chance that it can. I'm not sold on him being a star. I'm not sold on, you know, to to pick a center this high, I think you need to be sold on them being a star, considering how replaceable the center position is in the NBA. But I think this is what the Warriors will do. He won't be playing 30 minutes a night as a rookie. I think there's almost zero chance of that. You'll have Looney, you'll have Draymond, you'll have Chris in that role as well. They could make deals. Who, who knows? But both of these top two picks, I think both of these teams want to trade down. Just it's finding the team that wants to trade up. That's probably going to be a little bit difficult at this stage. And number three, the Charlotte Hornets. I've got them selecting Anthony Edwards of Georgia. Um, I wouldn't be doing that. I wouldn't be selecting him at number three. I think you're all well aware that I am you know, getting more down on Anthony Edwards by the day. They do already have Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier there, but neither of those guys are big enough stars that you should be precluding yourself from taking a guard if you believe a guard is the best option here. Of course, the Hornets are all also heavily uh, rumored to be interested in trading for Russell Westbrook from the Houston Rockets, who has allegedly asked out of Houston, and that would be one of the most Charlotte moves that you could get. And if Westbrook came in, then one of your Rozier or Graham would probably be on their way back to Houston. And maybe we go with a Westbrook-Edwards backcourt, which would be comically bad. But I do think that yeah, it does appear that NBA teams have got a clear top three for this draft. Um, I disagree with that top three, but that is the t clear top three that it appears to be Ball, Wiseman, and Edwards. And with Ball and uh, Wiseman off the board, Edwards is left for the Hornets at three, and that's the direction that they go. At number four, the Chicago Bulls. Denny Avdia, the wing from Maccabi Tel Aviv. Uh, I think it's totally fine for the Bulls. He's going to end up playing behind Otto Porter in this current iteration of the Bulls. He needs to work a lot on his shooting. I think he's thoroughly passable defensively. I think he's just going to be, could he be just a worse shooting, better passing Otto Porter? I think there's a real possibility that's who he is in the NBA, which at pick four is not great, but Otto Porter was pick three you know, all those years ago. Uh, and he's been fine, but you know, sub all-star level player. And I think that's sort of what the Bulls will do here. Just get wing help and get a solid player who they believe can be a contributor. And he would be a contributor. He'd be a rotation piece, but probably not a starter. I don't know which pick I hate more out of this top five. Is it Edwards at three? Is it Wiseman at two? Or is it Obi Toppin at five? Because... There is a lot of talk about Obi Toppin going as high as number five. There are talks that the Knicks are absolutely dying to get Obi Toppin. If the Knicks trade up to get Obi Toppin, I will lambaste them, absolutely lampoon them on the podcast. We'll see how that ends up going down. But I have got Obi Toppin here going to the Cavs at number five. Of course, there's Kevin Love, there's Larry Nance, there's Andre Drummond, there's unrestricted free agent Tristan Thompson as well. So some moves will have to ha have to take place there. And if Toppin does arrive, then Nance and Love and Drummond, then uh, he's going to be the fourth stringer. But I do think that that is what they're going to look for. And I was, I was tossing up here. Maybe I'm being harsh. Maybe they do go for a position they actually need in someone like Isaac Okoro or Devin Vassell at number five. But you're hearing a lot about Toppin going to the Cavs at number five. I think it's absolutely the wrong selection for them. But I do think that that is a direction they'll be going. The uh, the 22-year-old power forward, 6'9", really strong dunker, good finisher, solid three-point shooting numbers, although the volume's not great. And we know that possibly one of the worst defensive big men in this entire class. 
Over on the Locked On Podcast Network, over on Locked On NBA, in fact, we have got our NBA mock draft going. We are mock drafting every first round pick. A couple of shows are out already, and I'm involved in it in terms of being on the main desk, analyzing the draft, analyzing the picks, along with David Locke, Brad Rowland, and Brendan Clean. Listen to the Locked On NBA podcast every day leading up to the draft to hear the projections of each pick and expert analysis from Chad Ford, from The Athletics' John Hollinger, and from Sports Illustrated's Jeremy Wu. Check the feed to catch up on past shows and don't miss a pick. Subscribe to Locked On NBA today, wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're listening to Locked On NBA, if you need that delicious treat that's also good for you, you know what it is. It is Built Bar. Built Bar is back. It's even deliciouser now with six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry bar, sea, lemon almond, cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp to go along with the 12 OG flavors. These bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they are soft and easy to chew and great if you're looking to lose or to maintain weight. These bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for keto diets. For example, the cookies and cream bar, my favorite, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, and just four grams of sugar and four grams of net carbs. And if you go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on you'll get 20% off your next order use the promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com all right that's the top five out of the way let's flip it over have a look at the next bunch at number six the Atlanta Hawks I do have selecting Isaac Okoro I am souring a little bit on Okoro with his lack of offense and also lack of defensive numbers I know he's considered the best perimeter defender in this class but a guy with a, a steal rate as low as he is, uh, he has, as well as a poor shooting percentage, as well as a poor free throw percentage, as well as a terrible two-point percentage. I think I saw on two-point jump shots, not two-point shots in general, two-point jump shots, he shot 16%, which is horrible. Um, my faith in that shot coming along is limited. And if you're expecting a Jimmy Butler leap, a Kawhi Leonard leap, then you're going to be disappointed. Now, he could turn into Jalen Brown, for example. I saw that comparison yesterday. And that's a great one if that works out. But it may not. He might turn into DeAndre Hunter. He might be Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. There are a couple of ways that he could go. Now, I think the passing for him is really strong, and that could be a really useful thing alongside Trey Young. They do have Hunter. They do have Reddish. They do have Herder. But getting wings and seeing which one's going to work out is going to be key for Atlanta. So I can see them going down the Okoro path here. At number seven, the Detroit Pistons have Patrick Williams, the small forward from Florida State. We talked about this with Kevin Pelton yesterday, talking about uh, Williams as being promised to the Pistons at seven. Absolutely despise draft promises. I think they are one of the dumbest things that you could possibly find. I do not see any upside for a team at all to promise a player. It makes no sense to me, but that is apparently what's happened. Williams, we're seeing the buzz everywhere. A guy that played every game off the bench, played 22 minutes for Florida State, has some interesting defensive numbers. There is definite skepticism around him in terms of what he can do offensively. I think there are absolute dogs balls options standing out there for the Pistons at pick seven that they would be stupid not to pick, but it does look that they are, look like they could be going down the Patrick Williams game at pick number seven. At number eight, I would be absolutely smashing point guard here for the Knicks, but maybe they're getting Chris Paul. Maybe they're getting Russell Westbrook. Who knows what nonsense is happening up there. They would love Obi Toppin to fall, but he has not fallen at this point. So at number eight, I'm taking Devin Vassell out of Florida State. Two Florida State guys back-to-back. Vassell, a really high three-point shooter, a very, very good defensive prospect. 
Got to do a little bit more with the ball in his hands, but at least he is a lower usage, really good shooting, good defensive wing option, which next to guys like RJ Barrett and Julius Randle is absolutely 100% something that you need. Vassell could step straight in and be a starter for the Knicks and be a contributor and be a good shooter straight off. Um, I think he probably goes higher than, well, he's probably going to go higher than this in my next mock draft. Um, but obviously this is me trying to predict what the teams do. And I've got him going at number eight here to the Knicks. At number nine, big steal. This would be Onyeka Okongwu out of USC. Now the whispers I heard today, uh, and just, this was like two minutes before I recorded this podcast, is that the Wizards are looking at Precious Achua, which would be, uh, I would laugh harder than I laugh when they picked Rui Hachimura at pick number nine, if they took Precious Achua at number nine. If Anyeka Okongwu is on the board, especially Okongwu to me is a top three player, top five at worst, and this would be an absolute massive steal for um, for the Wizards to get him there. Yes, they've got Tom Bryant who put up some really big numbers in the bubble. Okongwu at least provides some defense, and they can work in together. And Bryant, I don't think, as I've said lots of times on the show, I don't think he's a long term starting center prospect. And at number ten, it is the Phoenix Suns taking Killian Hayes, the point guard from Ulm. Yes, they do have Ricky Rubio who is obviously not going to be there forever. Yes, there's rumors of them getting involved in a Chris Paul trade, but with the wording of that Chris Paul rumor that came from Brian Windhorst, it made me think that they'd been discussed and it won't go any further. It's really hard, and I don't know how to fully explain it when you see trade rumors and where they come from and trying to see if it's going to happen or if it did happen or if it will happen. I think a lot of that Windhorse one is one that was maybe discussed and shot down versus when you get a tweet from Woj or from Shams that says, you know, trade is imminent. They're progressing really quickly, about to be finalized. They're the sort of ones where you go, oh, shit. But when you hear, oh, they've had a discussion for Chris Paul, in likelihood, it means it's probably not going to happen. Regardless, Hayes, to me, easily the best prospect still on the board here. The Suns would like another ball handler. Yes, they've got a bunch of other point guards, but Ty Jerome, uh, Javon Carter, and Jalen LeCue, I don't think are going to cut it, nor is Ali Okobo. Hayes has some good upside, and I like that selection for them there. If he was able to fall, any of these teams, seven to the Knicks, eight to the Pistons, they would all, other way around, sorry, seven to the Pistons, eight to the Knicks. They should all be getting onto the Killian Hayes train. I'm just not sure that they will. At pick 11, it's Tyrese Halliburton of Iowa State going to the San Antonio Spurs. He can play off of DeJounte Murray, off of Derek White, be the third guard there when Patty Mills moves on, which could be as soon as in the next couple of days by what it uh, appears to be. But Halliburton's not a guy that you want running your offense. He is a guy that is a good connector piece who can be a strong secondary passer, who can be a good catch-and-shoot three-point shooter, but not someone that gets to the rim that creates shots for himself. And I think working with the Spurs there, depending on what they do with DeRozan, who could also be on the move in a couple of days, Halliburton could fit in there, come off the bench, and just sort of work his way into a secondary guard role. At number 12, it's Tyrese Maxey. From Kentucky, heading to the Sacramento Kings, he's probably more of an off-ball point guard type, which would work, I think, pretty well with his uh, uh, former—not former—that's not the right word—with his uh, fellow. That's the word, fellow Kentucky alum in De'Aaron Fox. Maxi, a guy that shot poorly in college, but really well through other portions of his career. Also a good free throw shooter. I think the shooting is going to be fine. I think the scoring is going to be fine. I think the defense is going to be solid. And he can just transition into that Corey Joseph role and play some time alongside De'Aaron Fox, I think, as things move forward. At 13, Sadiq Bay, the wing from Villanova, going to the New Orleans Pelicans. 
there's Brandon Ingram, there's Josh Hart, Drew Holiday, Lonzo Ball, a bunch of ones, twos, and threes there. It doesn't appear that Holiday is going to be on this team all through the season. Uh, talk of him perhaps going to Boston in a trade. Uh, so that could open some things up. There are plenty of moves that David Griffin could make. Bay would sort of replace the Darius Miller bench wing role and you're not be a starter or anything like that. I'm not convinced that he's that good. I'm not convinced that he's worth a pick in this range or other guys that I would most likely prefer that they pick. But a good pedigree as a three-point shooter, a little bit older of a prospect, but I think defensively there are some concerns. At number 14, the Celtics take Kyra Lewis Jr. from Alabama. I, um, To be honest with you, in my next mock, which is going to come out next week, where I'm picking for the GMs, I, um, I'm i considering him as high as four. I'm really, really high on him. I think the shooting's good. The defense, I think, is solid. The passing is pretty good. Uh, I, the finishing is a little bit of a worry, but I think that he could be a, a real a, you know, top 15 point guard in the NBA at some point. And I don't think NBA teams view him that way at this point. That's why I've got him falling to 14. The Celtics... If they don't retain Brad Wanamaker, or even if they do, he just slides in as a third point guard, progresses to a backup, and progresses to a starter, depending on what they do with Kemba or if they trade for Drew or whatever they do. At 15, the Orlando Magic take RJ Hampton out of New Zealand. Really fits the Magic profile. Athletic wing guard sort of player who's long, who maybe can score, can maybe shoot, can maybe defend, can maybe pass. I feel like that's the description of everyone they seem to draft. Hampton, I'm a little bit all over the place on. I think he can become a solid player, but I think there's some pretty decent bust potential with him, which again, feels like a really Orlando Magic pick at pick number 15. Next up at pick number 16, it is the aforementioned precious Achua going to Memphis, sorry, from Memphis, going to Portland at pick 16. I hate it in terms of a first round player. There is real defensive upside there, and I would imagine that this would be a precursor to Hassan Whiteside not being around. I think that's probably uh, a legitimate possibility. Achua, I don't think is anything more than a backup uh, backup center, and Yusuf Nurkic is there, so he is a backup center for this Portland team. He's got a reel in some of his ridiculous shot attempts and trying to figure out what he is as a player. I think that can work in Portland. He'll be in a limited role, and I don't I don't 100% hate it. There are players on the board that I'd rather they take, though. At 17, the Dallas Mavericks taking Aaron Neesmith of Vanderbilt, who, of course, shot 50%. Uh, from three as a sophomore in just 14 games, of course. But remember, he shot under 34% as a freshman, and he doesn't do anything else apart from shoot. Now, if he shoots well, that's fantastic, and that could fit in well there as a sort of a larger Seth Curry replacement, but doesn't do anything else. Uh, defensively, I think he's okay, but not great. Can't put the ball on the floor, does not get assists, does not create for others. But spotting up with Luca, yeah, I think that could work okay. Uh, actually, you know what? I just completely screwed up what I was saying there, so I apologize because I had Aaron e. Smith going to the Timberwolves. So what I said about him in terms of being a, a shooter is all true, except he's not having Luca dish up for him. He's not replacing Seth Curry. He's coming in and probably taking some of those minutes away from Josh Kogi and from Jarrett Culver, guys that can't shoot. And while he probably would struggle for minutes early on, and there is still Malik Beasley there, and there is LaMelo Ball there, having an excess of wings and guards is always a solid thing in the NBA, especially when Akogi, Culver, who knows if LaMelo works out. Like, we don't know if these guys are going to work out into NBA rotation players. So Neesmith is going to just have to bide his time there. Now, the Dallas Mavericks. At number 18, Alexei Pokusevsky. 
I think he's a top 10 guy in this draft. I think he can be a top five player when it's all said and done. He's also got some bust potential if he never puts on any strength. He's seven foot. He weighs nothing. He's a seven foot point guard, really. He shoots threes. He blocks shots. He's a great dribbler. He's an audacious passer. He's got good vision. He's got good defensive instincts. It's just the strength. And you have to worry about whether he ever puts that strength on. There is injury risk with a guy that sort of body, that height, and that shape. Um, but Apokusevsky, Porzingis, frontcourt, I think it'd be pretty interesting. But you know, would they pull the trigger on that? Pokusevsky wouldn't play a large role immediately, and I don't think he can play center. But imagine that. Imagine Pokusevsky, Porzingis as your four and five. What a weird combo. At number 19, the Brooklyn Nets, Nets selecting Cole Anthony from North Carolina. He's fallen quite a bit in uh, pre-draft areas. He came in as a potential top five player, struggled at North Carolina. The shooting wasn't there. I think this is maybe a little bit low for him. I reckon we might have gone too far or too hard in the wrong direction here on Cole Anthony. Um, there was some spacing concerns, obviously, with him at North Carolina. I think he can be a better shooter, and there's going to be a lot more space on this Nets team. He could eventually be a Spencer Dinwiddie replacement if they do look to move on from Dinwiddie. At number 20, the Miami Heat. I have selecting Malachi Flynn of San Diego State, a great pick-and-roll operator, a good defender, a good shooter. Think Fred VanVleet. That is what you should be thinking with Malachi Flynn. Yes, there's Kendrick Nunn there. I think that Flynn is going to be a better player than Kendrick Nunn pretty clearly. Goran Dragic could be back, but it might be for one year. He's 35 years of age. Flynn is a guy they, I think, should be looking to to be a starting point guard in two or three years' time, and I think it makes a lot of sense for them to make that move and get him here. At pick number 21, the Philadelphia 76ers select Tyrell Terry, the guard out of Stanford. Pretty strong shooting profile. He's quite weak in terms of his overall body strength, but he's put on some weight. Uh, finishing the rim is going to be a problem, but for Philadelphia, he can just sort of fulfill the Landry Shamit role. Ben Simmons will kick it out to you and get you open shots. Joel Embiid will draw double teams and you'll get open shots. Uh, you can take on that role that Alec Burks maybe was having, that Shake Milton was playing some of. He's not going to do much immediately, but if he can be a solid enough shooter, then there is a role there in Philadelphia. At 22, I've got Josh Green from Arizona going to the Denver Nuggets. Green, one of the best, if not the best or second best defensive player in this class, but offensively, he's never going to be a shooter. He probably can't finish, but as a Gary Harris replacement. No! I think that is a possibility. I think that we're getting a little bit too down on Green as well because he's got a clear skill, and that clear skill is defense. And there are plenty of players in this class who don't have that clear skill. And maybe that's someone like Tyrese Maxey or RJ Hampton or Cole Anthony, for that matter. There's a real chance that Green ends up better than all of those guys because he's a really, <clears throat> a really, really good defender. And I think, yeah, as a replacement there for a Tory Craig or for a Gary Harris, Green would make sense for Denver. At number 23, the Utah Jazz select Jalen Smith out of Maryland. There is Tony Bradley. There is Rudy Gobert. You get the idea that Gobert is not necessarily going to be with the Jazz long term. I, I don't know how accurate that is. Smith has some bust potential because of his weak lower body, but he is a shot-blocking, um, rim-running, three-point shooting big man who would change the calculus of how this Jazz team looks in backup minutes if he was able to beat out Tony Bradley. But we're talking about a pick here in the 20s. It may or may not work out, but I think Smith has some upside. And I think that even a team like the Pelicans at 13 should be considering someone like Jalen Smith as an option there. 
At 24, I've got the Milwaukee Bucks selecting Xavier Tillman. I think he's probably a top 20 talent in this class. I love the fit with Milwaukee, a guy that can come in and probably take some minutes from Ilya Sova or Robin Lopez. Could close games if Brook Lopez gets into foul trouble. He is just a smart decision maker, a really good defending defensive player, a guy that can operate off the short roll, can pass. The shooting needs to come around. I think there's a chance that it does, but I really like Xavier Tillman there at 24 to the Bucks, And at 25, it's Jaden McDaniels, a power forward from Washington heading to OKC. A toolsy, projectable, athletic type body, which is exactly what the Thunder seem to go after all the time. Just think Terrence Ferguson, Darius Basley, these sort of players, Hamadou Diallo, a guy that struggled with McDaniels in college, just looked like he was lost nearly all of the time out there, but has the measurables, has the body, and you can see the Thunder going, uh, well, this is what Sam Presti likes, so uh, let's bring him in and see what we can do. We're happy to let him develop for a couple of years. Yeah, maybe he plays alongside Basley in the coming seasons, but this is a, it seems quite a Thunder pick to me. The last bunch of guys we want to talk about here in this mock draft. I'm not mocking all 60 picks here with NBA team, uh, what I think they're going to do. At 26, I've got the Celtics selecting Zeke Nagy of Arizona, a, uh, a mobile center who's showing some th- three-point shooting ability. Just can come in, be in that uh, center mix with Tice and Rob Williams. Uh, won't play immediately, but some upside there for sure. At 27, the Knicks get their point guard. It is Nico Mannion of Arizona. Mannion who uh, you know, I think shows some ability to be a capable backup point guard. I wouldn't want to rely upon him to become a starter. Still got Frank Nilakina, still got Alfred Payton. He's probably not going to play too much as a rookie, but could find some role somewhere. I think there is a, a path to seeing him being a low-end starting point guard. At 28, the Lakers select Desmond Bain from TCU. Really strong shooting numbers. Not really sure what else Bain does, but on the Lakers, what the hell else do you need him to do at this point? A little bit of an older rookie as well, but you're going all in to win another championship with LeBron and with Anthony Davis. He would play behind KCP and Danny Green, but you would get minutes over guys like Quinn Cook and Deion Waiters, those sort of players. Bain, um, I think there's a chance he can be a solid enough bench scorer in the NBA. At 29, it's Teo Maladon. Going to the Toronto Raptors point guard from ASVL in France. That's Tony Parker's team. Maladon, um, another guy that's really passive when he's got the ball. It can pass well. I think defensively is okay. Can shoot okay. He just never wants to. Now, this Raptors team has uh, a risk of losing Fred VanVleet, has a risk of losing Kyle Lowry in the coming seasons. Terrence Davis is in legal trouble. So just stocking up on another guard who I think they can take some time to develop. And we know their development is one of the best in the NBA. So Maladon just getting some extra aggression into his game is what they're going to be looking for at Raptors 905. And then to round out the first round, the Celtics taking a stash player. It is number 30, Leandro Balmaro, a really strong Defensive prospect, six foot seven point guard. The shooting is the worry, but he's a good passer. He's a very good defender. There are some signs that maybe the shooting is coming around, but part of this is the Celtics out of their three first rounders. They need a stash, and he was the best guy that's going to be a stash available. I think guys like Maladon and Pokusevsky are coming across anyway, so they're not going to be stashable players. Um, yeah, after Bolmaro, it would be Endoye or Paul Ebua. Uh, but you know, with Bomara on the board, he's clearly a better prospect than those guys. So that's the direction that the Celtics are going with that pick. That's it. That's the mock draft done. That is me picking what I think each team will do in the first round of the NBA draft. Again, we're going to cover it if more news happens 
if Russell Westbrook gets traded to Charlotte or to the Knicks or to any team, if Drew Holiday is on the move, Gordon Haywood, talk about him, perhaps going to the Pacers. NBA trade news has started to heat up. Check the links for Discord, for the leagues, and to vote for this podcast. And check out the podcast right across the Locked On NBA, Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On NBA's Mock Draft, one of the best shows that we do all year. Make sure you're checking that out. Subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.